Stand by. You're listening to the Naively Optimistic Podcast with your hosts, Danny and Gary. The ego is saying, what's happening here? It's an opportunity for spiritual growth. Do you still think the royal family were... Instead of eating popcorn, they eat dried, gigantic, fat-bottomed ants. Mm. Weird cunts. You know what? Um, you know what I watched recently. Go for it. I was watching uh, on the heels of this whole China and coronavirus thing. I was watching like I was like, what else did those mad cunts eat, right? And what cunts? The Chinese, the Chinese lad. Oh, yeah. sorry. And uh, they, I was watching a video, right? With them eating live baby mice, yeah, on a plate. It's That's sick, man, fire. right? And they're like, the baby mice are like trying to squirm and like escape off the plate. And the uh, the eater, shall we say, right, is just yapping away to his mate. And then he picks the fucking thing up with like little sticks and all, the little, what they call the chopsticks, chopsticks or whatever. Oh. And dips the, dips the little lads in fucking soy sauce and just starts <laughs> eating away. And then another thing me mate, Anthony Mouse, sent me on. Was um, them eating the brains of a chimpanzee, but they have the ch- they have the chimpanzee in a table. So do you ever see those tables? It's like, it's like the center of it has this big hole in it. Mm-hmm. It has like a chimp like fucking sticking out the middle of the table, and its head is cut open. Like so, John, you know, if you're getting like brain surgery, they like open up your cranium, like, mm. and like so, it's just it's like its brain is just there, and they're just picking away at its brain, and it's uh, not fairly graphic. That's dirty. Apparently Galileo's middle finger is on the spine in a museum. Look, there it is. No way, it's fuck you finger. <laughs> That's mad, mate. Oh, the state of it. That's his finger. That's insane, isn't it? Ew. Are we recording? Galileo. We are, yeah. You're all very welcome back to the Naively Optimist podcast with your host, Blind Boy. Will we do Danielle de Taffano. Will we bubblegum it? Bubblegum. No, we're grand. We good. Oh, sure, we're on the same wavelength, yes, aren't we? Yes, we're on the same. There's no need for this. What, oh, thinking me blind by impression me? It's not bad. Yart, you Yart. dirty, dirty otter. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there was two of them. Who? Oh, the lads from Rubber Bandits, yeah. Who's the other one? Oh, having a blues clothes, man. They all look identical to me with their bags over their heads. I mean, I couldn't tell them apart. Like. <laughs> they must have got a decent payday from Spar back in the day. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because it was the Spar bag, wasn't it? Yes, it was indeed. Yeah, do you reckon... Yeah, do you know what, actually, I wonder if that even was, like, a formal sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Or was it just, like, look, I'm wearing a spare bag, because the first one I found, like... I don't know. Like, what enticed them to do that? I reckon it was a botched suicide attempt. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't get the bag off their neck. <laughs> Boys, I'm after getting this bag stuck on my neck. You know, my sister and our fella met Blind Boy in Canada there recently. In Canada? He, yeah, Is he in Canada? He, he went over to a live podcast, such as like the lads will be soon. Yes. And uh, he went over to... Except we'll set out the venue, obviously. Exactly, yeah. I think it was just my sister and our fellow there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, though, um, 
yeah, fucking, he did the live podcast and then my sister and our fella were like outside the venue like a couple of minutes after then that he came and he goes, have you got a smoke? And uh, <laughs> and I like, had the bag off and all, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Apparently you just look, look normal, like, do you know what I mean? As you would, so it's not a botch suicide. <laughs> he has but a, he went um, out with them. Sorry, they went out for drinks after. That's the how the oh, story yeah? goes. They went out for a bit of food. Did they get his them. name? Um, well, they probably did, but like I won't reveal it. Obviously, well, he'll have he'll be after us. <laughs> but uh, they went out for like a few gargles and food and all after the city's absolutely bang on. Interesting. Fair play to him. You reckon Blind Boy will get the lads on? We're big fans. I think we're, we're big fans of all the Irish lads. To be honest, as much as we'll as much as we'll be absolutely smashing them around the charts soon but uh, <laughs> especially the two johnnies look it's all love lads but just now we're coming yeah the two johnnies are about to get sparked out of british lads it's inevitable it is it is but look maybe someday in our in our old layers our senior years we can all sit back and laugh about this mm-hmm. but for the meantime the two johnnies are getting absolutely pinged around mm-hmm. and just uh, honorable honorable mention actually to any of our american listeners at the moment fourth july weekend absolutely mate fourth of july actually i noticed there was a lot of people kind of having sessions and all last night in Dublin and I remember like I was in my gaff I was like what is going on why is there so many people like mm-hmm. at sessions and like I was like no, surely it's not the 4th of July no one over here would give a shit about that then again though the Irish should celebrate the opening of a fucking envelope wouldn't we like you <laughs> know what I mean probably would like jump on something like that wouldn't we <laughs> uh, oh but mate what do you think of uh, speaking of a little uh, flashback to only a few episodes ago we were talking about young Gila and Maxwell and how she seems to have gotten away scot-free but interesting week She's at the caught. moment she's been done one thing about her that just absolutely drives me insane is she looks like jeff bezos with a wig yeah mate it's weird isn't it it's very very weird and you can't don't see it once you see it yeah it's actually psycho maybe that is jeff jeffrey it Boy. Is. but like it'll be interesting i want it because she she obviously similar to young jeffrey jeff eppo is a bit of a treasure chest of secrets do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to her suicide yeah yeah in a yeah. few weeks. And she's already opened her mail about Prince Prince uh, Andrew. No, she has not. What did yeah. she say? Um, she said that he like is condescending. She, he sees everyone as a servant and that they spent multiple occasions together in basically wild sex orgies. No, mate. That's mad. I did see something yesterday on Facebook and it was like public demand for, for uh, inquiry into Prince Andrew for his links to Jeff Eppo. So this could be the the end of the the empire, mate. And finally, me and you are going to get a bit of closure on the lizard conundrum that has been plaguing us for many months. <laughs> if you're new to the show, you you would have heard myself and Danny from episode one emphatically claim that Queen Elizabeth is a lizard, as Danny says, it's in the name, mm-hmm. Queen Lizard. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> but one hundred percent, we believe she's a shape shifting lizard, if not probably one of many that inhabit Buckingham Palace. So. There's a lot yeah. of them flopping about there. 100%, yeah. So I'm, I'll be very interested to see what happens now, Prince Andrew, see if they take that bad boy down mm. and, uh, and expose his lizard roots. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon he's a lizard? Or do you reckon he Well, I think, up? yeah, if, if he's the uh, like the, the spawn of, of lizard, or what's her face, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. then likelihood is, yeah, he's a fucking, he's a serious lizard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm excited to see how this pans out because she is FBI, of, FBI rated a gaff, um... I can only imagine what they found. Her uh, vivarium. Is that what they call it? Is that where they keep lizards? <laughs> I think that's what it is called, isn't it? Where you keep lizards and snakes like, in, a, in a vivarium. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, lads. I presume I am because I'm retarded. But um, <laughs> but I think it is. It's a vivarium. Imagine the FBI bouncing in the glass of her vivarium. <laughs> Freeze! She's also a lizard. Hands up, don't shoot. And Maxwell's probably a lizard as well. Because the whole theory is that like many of the world elites are lizards. It's mm-hmm. not just uh, Elizabeth and co. 
you know what I mean? It goes right down to uh, who else? Because what's his face? David Icke claims there's fucking heaps of them running mm. the game. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> 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 but uh, interesting one today, Daniele, don't we? We're going to yes. be delving into the, the paranormal. Paranormal. Because have we gone paranormal yet? We have. We we vaguely touched on the paranormal on the we Halloween episode. We touched on uh, Zozo. Yeah, we just touched a bit on him. But like, I would say we haven't really properly kind of delved into any of the paranormal stuff in a meaningful way but after the last week of like serial killers oh sorry and, we had Ray on as well yeah true actually sorry yeah 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 we did have Raymond uh, which was a gas episode we had a live paranormal investigator in studio with us and he um, brought his the, what do you call them devices it was an EMF thing um, yeah exactly we try and catch some ghosts it was going 90 though around your radioactive cock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was sorry we haven't we have actually gone into it but in season two we haven't mm. and the last couple of weeks we've been doing uh, like serial killers and missing persons cases so we said you know what let's mix it up for the time being do you know what I mean and let's go into some wacky shit as we are known for is that right yeah 100% so today's topic is um, going into poltergeists now what no quick question for yourself guys what's the difference between a normal spirit and a poltergeist for anyone who doesn't know well, Poltergeist, actually, Poltergeist, I only found this out off me, mate, Jimbo, did I shout out to Jimbo? Go um, on. Did you know Poltergeist is German for noisy ghost? Oh. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> um, the only German I know is uh, Kinderpoppin', which is pedophile. <laughs> Why does it sound so positive, though? That's what I want to know. Like, if anyone screamed Kinderpoppin' at me, I'd be chuffed. I'd be like, Jesus, thanks. Like, just sounds so optimistic, doesn't it? Hey, yeah. Kinderpoppin', what's up? <laughs> what's poppin'? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And uh, but that's the, the genesis of the word poltergeist. So the differences are between a spirit and a poltergeist. Is generally poltergeists tend to run amok and just cause absolute ructions in the gaff. Mm-hmm. We're talking wrecking the place. We're talking smashing place. We're talking smashing plants. We're talking ripping your loved ones out of their bed in the dead of night, throwing sheets all over the kip. Which we'll go into in this particular story. In this episode today, we're actually going to cover a very specific tale. It's not going to be just talking about poltergeists in general. We're talking specifically about the um, what's known as the Black Monk of Pontefract. Mm-hmm. And this took place in, where was it, 1966 in 30 East Drive, Ponte, Pontefract. In, in Yorkshire. York, yeah, West Yorkshire. Just like a little market town. Over, yeah. Um, and, I mean, with this, this is a crazy tale. Kind of like, like I've wonder if, a bit of feedback we got from last week even as well, is that we attack these crazy tales and um, we approach them in such a way just, I don't know, brings, brings how do I describe it? Dublin-esque, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's, we talk about these international tales like they just happen in Finglas, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it though? Like, literally, I, as you know, I frequently call the International Police Force Garda. Uh, <laughs> I don't care if this is taking place in Palestine, they're the Garda, they don't admit in my eyes. Mm. But um, the, the biggest thing about, about this, I guess, is that the the family themselves, um, they they didn't really at all, you know, once this happened, actually even bat an eyelid to it, or at least think to go national with it, right? Yeah, they didn't go to the press rant because they were like, like it's it's kind of different anyway to the kind of mainstream poltergeist stories, such as like the Enfield one, which is like the Conjuring 2, because you know, that went straight away to like the UK press. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, it was, it was hot news. You know what I mean? Whereas this actually, even though it happened in the sixties, it didn't actually come to the forefront until um, the eighties. And the only reason that was because there was a chap called um, Colin Wilson, Colin Wilson. Yeah. And he was writing a book. He was writing a book on poltergeists and uh, through the grapevine, he essentially heard, look, look, you should chat to the Pritchard family. 
there in West Yorkshire. They had a fucking mad time mm. there a few years ago. So that's how this story has really kind of come come through to the forefront because of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, but to delve right into it, we'll um, give you the the family names just so you're acclimated to the rest of the story. So we'll start off with the the da L Joe Joseph mm -hmm. Pritchard, Go on, the Mrs. Jane, mm -hmm. and the two kids Philly. We're gonna call him Philly, even though it's Philip, but Philly, age fifteen, and Diane, age twelve. Go on, Diane. So what's interesting is they lived there for ages, for a couple of years, without a peep, really. Do you know what I mean? And we'll loop back around later on to to maybe speculate on why this was, but lived in the gaff for a couple of years with little to no activity on the paranormal side of things. Mm -hmm. But in 1966, in August, the the fam were like, "Look, let's shoot off down to Butlins." for the weekend <laughs> and uh but philly being the young teenage boy he was he was like oh yeah i'm not going anywhere near but i'm staying in the gaff i'm having a fucking rave and that's the end of it <laughs> and they were like look you can stay in the gaff if you want but yeah granny is gonna have the baby yeah. he was like shy and uh so anyway they had to send the old grandmother down to keep keep sketch on him so he's sitting in the gaff filming obviously because he had like he had fucking Project X aspirations, do you know what I mean? Imagine that. Imagine just like planning for a massive session and mm. then it was like fantastic. Get the babysitter over, maybe lash her out of it as well. <laughs> in <laughs> out of it in your case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the granny shows up anyway and um, the week started off normal, nothing too. Uh, no activity at all at this stage, right? Yeah, like ever, but in this particular week, like it started off as normal. And um, but the first event, shall we say, was Philly was outside, um, in the in the backyard and chilling, and the granny was inside, right? And then all of a sudden, the temperature changed suddenly. Now she's fucking ninety odd, so like you know, chance that she doesn't know her fucking or ask from her elbow in this case, yeah. right? But it's like it's August as well, so she starts getting a bit freaked. She's like, Jesus, it's a bit fucking nippy for, for August. And then all of a sudden, there's no no wind either. But then the windows just clatter Slam shut. Slam shut. Yeah, and she's like, what the fuck is going on here? So Philly comes in and is like, what are you kicking off? And she was like, the fuck, the windows have to slam and shut here and there's not a fucking gust of wind here. And he's like, you're going off your tits, granny. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, listen, I'm going to make you a cup of chai. Just sit down there and stop annoying me, right? She sits down and he goes over to make her a cup of chai. And then all of a sudden, you know, like when, uh, like, did you ever see when, you, when the paint job is getting old and it kind of like has that like the whitewash yeah whitewash yeah the whitewash starts like falling off the ceiling mm. but like so much so it's almost like snow falling on top of them and like uh, uh, fat dandruff exactly fat dandruff hanging off this fucking ceiling falling all over them and they were like just observing this going geez like that's a bit fucking weird but didn't really think much of it but they give the auntie a show who just lives a couple of doors down um, and she pops down as well and she's having a look going geez it's a bit weird but when she arrives even more strange phenomena happens puddles of water start appearing mm -hmm. on the ground like in perfect circles mm -hmm. and anytime she's cleaning them up they're like manifesting they're like reappearing and, they re and the, the floor was lino and it was ridged yeah i forgot so you about couldn't that. even have yeah like it mm -hmm. wouldn't make sense but this water just kept appearing in perfect perfect circular puddles and yeah. um every time she as you guys said wiping it up a new one would appear yeah and then so um, they give uh, the the lads from the water company a shout to see if like maybe a lads. pipe or something. One of the boys, like one of the the pipes or something under the gaff, might have burst. And even though again it's a line off, so like they were just thinking like this is very strange, but we might as well call a professional. So they buzz around, have a check. The pipes are indeed working as they should be, not broken, and they buzz off. And so that was the end of it until seven, right? And then um, the the L situation with the tea, Daniele. The fucking so they had a, a tea dispenser and a, a sugar dispenser in, in the house, um, and then 
what happened was everything switched off. So what time did it actually start going off? It was the morning time first off, right? And then everything just stopped. Mm-hmm. Then 7 p.m. that evening, the, the tea dispenser and the sugar dispenser just start absolutely dispensing their load <laughs> everywhere. And it was, it was, it's, it's kind of like button activated. And what happened was the button was getting pressed up and down like clockwork until all the sugar and tea had been you know absolutely scattered along the ground. But then the thing was just, just kept on um, being pressed, even though there was nothing left in it, like... Um, and they could see the buttons as well, like yeah. the, the, the pressing down. Like. And at this stage, you know, the, the granny's, I'm surprised she hasn't died of a heart attack. Yeah, she's showing herself at this stage. <laughs> and then they heard a crash basically from down the hallway. And uh, and then, so they're like, what's The light, which is normally here? off, was yeah. now on. And the plant yeah. that was at the bottom of the stairs was now, at the, top, yeah, it was now yeah. at the top of the stairs. But it was out of the, the pot. And the soil was perfectly just laid out in the middle of the stairs. So they're having a scooby what's going on at this stage. Like, Yeah, they're freaked out of fucking marbles at this stage. And uh, like still though, they're like, they're not going to jump to any conclusion, shall we say. Um, but like one thing that like this fucking cracks me up is like they were so, they were shitting themselves and they ring Marie once again, the, the puddle extraordinaire. Uh, this is the auntie, is it? Yeah, this is the auntie, yeah. And she buzzes back down and then all three of them observe like the closet shaking violently like someone was trying to get out probably yourself mate <laughs> you're so far in the closet you're paying narnia rents <laughs> but um <laughs> so the closet is going absolutely 90 at this stage mm. even so much so that even the next door neighbor can hear it yeah because they the it was like a attached house so it was semi-detached yeah so exactly they shared a wall mm-hmm. with the next door neighbors and they're like what is up here yeah, like, they're like fucking hell it's like philly absolutely slaughtering his granny in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell he wanted the baby so yeah so marie is like listen this gaff is fucking hopping it's on wheels tonight do you know what i mean so do you want to start it down and stay with me and they're like look we don't inconvenience you we'll just stay where we are do you know what i mean look yeah she's know. like look there's no ghost in my gaff bop on over yeah cheek of our like good on ha <laughs> uh, <laughs> the they're fucking shitting themselves especially your granny like she's like she's limited heartbeats left on this planet you know what I mean <laughs> and like this shit's going on like fucking Marie total insensitive that's fuck. mad actually at that age would you avoid, exer- avoid exercising because you only have limited beats I left? would I'd be laying low man I'd be the fattest <laughs> granddad of all time and my excuse would be sure I, I possibly only have 100,000 heartbeats left you know what I mean that's actually <laughs> fuck all isn't it that's only like a few days or something yeah fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> like how many times do your heartbeat in a day it's something mental we'll, like we'll call it like one a second right it, yeah. although it's probably more and how many seconds are they 80,000 yeah fucking hell so like yeah 100,000 heartbeats day and a half like 26 hours <laughs> but anyways they, they tried and, you know they didn't they didn't stay in their gaff anyways and they they, they were like fuck it no we'll just stay here and then the the Phillips wardrobe Philly's wardrobe set going absolutely 90 shaking from side to side um like i don't know what it was it was like it was drunk they were saying the thing was bobbing up and down and this kept going until like 5 a.m in the morning the thing was properly like like it was on wheels bobbing and weaving mad shit isn't it and then um so maria's husband vic vicky boy um, and gets gets word of this and he's like listen i'm gonna float down to the gaff and just see what the crack is so he goes down and then when he's there he he actually thinks initially like maybe this is someone messing with them like do you know what i mean so he actually calls the guard 
Um, and then he was convinced someone's bro- broken in. Yeah, he thinks it's some, something actually happening in the gaff more so than something paranormal or whatever. So the guard that pulls down anyway and fuck all happens, which is very different as well. Like Morris chatting to you before we hit record with the Enfield mm-hmm. haunting, which is what the Conjuring 2 is based on. Um, with, with that situation when the guards are called, it's wild. It's actually in the film as well, but this is legitimate. Like in that, um, in the film, the guards walk into the gaff and then a chair fucks itself across the room and smashes against the wall. And that actually did happen. And the female guard went on record, like signed out, filled in a police report to say that she witnessed it. And she actually got a bit of stick over it as well. But um, yeah, it's one of the, the kind of more credible sources of that whole thing. And But in this case, anyway, the, the poltergeist activity ceased when the guards came. Mm-hmm. But uh, Vic goes in and chats to the neighbour who goes by the name of Mr. O'Donnell, who apparently is wet for ghosts. Yeah, mad for the old paranormal. Like, I didn't even think, bar Ray, I don't know that many people who claim to be, Ray is obviously the paranormal investigator we had on um, in episode 14. But, like, I love how just how convenient that, like, the next door neighbor is just absolutely mad fucking for saturated for the yeah. ghosts. <laughs> and uh, so it goes into the gaff and, and chats to him. And he buzzes in to have a look and, you know, such as the same story with the guards. Nothing happens when he pops in, but he goes, look, based on what you're telling me, it sounds like you might have a cheeky poltergeist in your hands. And um, Vic is kind of a non-believer. He's like, what do you want about? Like, and then, uh, but he was like, look, do you know I mean? don't shoot the messenger. Just mm. letting you know this is what we're possibly <laughs> dealing with. He actually makes things worse. Yeah. He goes in and just basically like, look, you have a poltergeist. And not going to lie, this is what a poltergeist normally does. Watch out kind of thing. Mm. Um, so he says they're about destroying photos, attacking family things, making yeah. things like fly off the wall and stuff. And at this stage, the poltergeist had done too much of that. It's almost as if he prompted him into action. Yeah, because the second he says that and he fucks off, uh, an oil painting uh, falls off the wall and then a wedding photo of the Pritchards rips in half, like when we're going to rip the the two Johnny's photo in half. Yes, on on stage. stage. (laughs) When we have our fourth live podcast, we're going to go up with a big post. Think McGregor Aldo. Yeah, think back to McGregor Aldo. And we're going to rip that photo and declare war on, sorry, declare war on the two Johnny's. Just punch me, Mike, there. See that in rage? So hopefully that doesn't sound too loud for you, lads. Um, but yeah, so um, now at this stage, bear in mind the Pritchards have been away for this. They're, they're actually been down in Blackpool or Butlins or whatever, sunning themselves. Like they're none the wiser, like, do you know what I mean? Stay so buzzed back. And um, so Joe, Jane, and Deanne come back thinking, like, you know, business as usual in the gaff, but they were in for a fucking shock. Mm-hmm. Pardon the pun. Joe actually thought they were buzzing. When he when the, when the granny and Philly and all were telling him about it, he was like, Will you stop having me on? Like, we're having a great holiday around it now, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And. Um, <laughs> For bait, <laughs> <laughs> give and, uh, over. Yeah, and so he's like, right, what what's going on? Like, what have you actually been experiencing? They tell him the whole story, and they say beyond what we've just described with the closet going ninety and the fucking whitewashing, blah blah blah. There's also like mad bangs and sounds. And the second they say they they they've been hearing loads of knocking and bangs, they heard three loud bangs. Yes, and then that was it. Then and for it two years, like so, they had one mental real day. like slow like. Yeah, it was very like, kind of like yeah. calculated knocks that are synonymous with the poltergeists. Hundred percent. Um, and then nothing happened for how long? Uh, for two years. Was well, he still in the gaff? Would you reckon he's just observing at this stage? I don't know. Yeah, like where did they go? Like, um, <laughs> did they just hibernate like question, hedgehogs or something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, for two years, like, and go right. Look, I'm ready to rock. Now, there actually is some theories on that. Um, later on I suppose we'll go into them but there are some like and this isn't my theory like that this is just like kind of folklore do you know what I mean theory mm-hmm. shit like on, on why poltergeist activity 
ramps up, shall we say, at certain times. But um, anyway, so for two years, it's, as Danny said, off off the radar, nothing happening. And they're like, right, that was a weird day we had there a couple of years back, but I think we might be home and dry at the stage. But then two years later, it returns, but the activity doesn't last for one or two nights at the stage. It lasts for nine months. So fairly hefty stuff. And Surely after even one day or two days of this, you'd absolutely just pack up and fuck off. Man, I'd be, in a, I'd be in the travel lodge straight away. Yeah. Straight down to the travel lodge. Like nine months of consistently, yeah. even if it's once a week. A hundred percent. Like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put up with that for a second, man. Like, have you actually had any poltergeist or any ghost activity while we're on it? No. I remember you brought, talked about your ghost story before with the with the scratches and stuff. I've that never... wasn't actually on the podcast. It was on our Bay episode, so I could actually, I'll tell that now because it's oh, going to be technically into it. new. Fire into it. This, is, that, a, this yeah. is a good one. Um, this is Gaz's experience. With a poltergeist himself. Yeah, so this is the only what could be considered ghost story I have, do you know what I mean? Mm. And well I've two really, but this is definitely the weirdest one. Um was out went to went was out on a mad one basically one night and then went back to bed and like I used to have this like headboard just above my bed and I used to place water on it all the time. And uh, never had any issues with it, like it's a flat headboard, like glass of water, no problem at all. And uh, I woke up at like three o'clock, which incidentally it's usually three. Do you ever see yes. that? Like there's some kind of we me and you come with that like the Trinity. Yeah, because it's mocking mocking deal, uh, mocking God because yeah. of the Trinity. Mad. I remember like I woke up and I picked my phone up. I didn't. I wasn't like moving or like or anything like that. I just completely woke up, and then my phone. I always have just beside me. I picked it up, looked at the time, and it was three o'clock. And when I when I looked at the time, the glass of water came toppling down on me and cracked me in the nut. Right, and like. Saturated. It was yeah, and it was a full point as well. So I was Fuck like, yeah. I couldn't even catch my breath, and I was like, "Geez, that was very weird." And I just put the glass down, obviously, and uh, dried myself off, and went back to sleep. And then the next day, I went into college, and like everyone was like, "What's going on with your neck, Dermy?" And I just had like scratch marks going down, um, going down my neck. What did Imagine. you get up to that night, mate? Mate, fuck all. I wish the, 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 the story's more exciting. It was like, it was so weird. Just like, a standard night out? Standard night out. Well, actually, no. I think I wasn't a strippy that night. Uh, no, no. None of that, champ. But uh, I think, yeah, I think we went to a strip club or something that night. Maybe it was just the ghost of me, auntie, or something kicking off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She wouldn't like that. And uh, and then another weird one I had was, uh, I was walking down the road at like eight in the morning. I like by Connolly Station there, right? And I had my headphones on. And the song stopped, right? So, like, I could hear the street noise and everything, but it's, like, slightly muffled, obviously, because I still have the earphones in my ear. And then I'm walking, 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 and I felt like... It almost felt like someone was running up behind me and, like, jumping on your back. Mm-hmm. Do you know that kind of way? Like, I actually felt, like, physically, like, moved by something approaching me, and all I heard in the right ear was someone going, Gary! But it actually sounded like a kid, like, do you know what I mean? Like a little mm-hmm. young flat or something like that. And, like, it felt so real that I, like, whipped the headphones on my ear and spun around, I was like... What? Who the fuck is there? Like, yeah. nobody there. Madness. It was freaky, man. So that's the only two stories I've had. Did your outfit or something say a ghost in your two. Man, my, my outfit tells me this all the time. But then again, I take this with a pinch of salt because he takes it with a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he claims to very frequently mm. see in a specific area of her house um, a exorcist-esque little girl like even to this day yeah yeah no yeah. man um, in the hall and sometimes he opens the door in the back garden and she'll like his words but he's mad like when he says this i'm like are you all right yeah um, I mean, you're walk, walk outside and sit on the bench and Fuck just off, chill 
You're out for it. Yeah, it strikes me as someone who wouldn't really subscribe to that show anyway. He actually plays along with it, to be honest, if anything. Like the, the, the more, I guess because of the, like my dad is not religious at all, but because of the Italian background, it's very. I think it's a very normal thing in Italy yeah. to like spirits and ghosts Gway, and stuff. Madness. Yeah. The exorcism of Stanaway Road might be coming up, man. Yeah. What do you think? Of what road? Um, Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've already revealed your road, so I'm James's walk if anyone wants to take us both on, yeah? <laughs> if anyone wants to come and find us, they know where we are now. Um, but yeah, no, he says this and I'm just trying to turn a blind eye to it because, man, that was fucking freak me the fuck out, man. Oh, man, yeah, 100%, man. That's that's Because psycho. someone died in my gaff as well. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. you're out for it. Died of exhaustion <laughs> when I got my hands on <laughs> Chap can't fight for shy. Some um, some old man, before we moved into the house, um, died upstairs in, one of the, in the back bedroom. And now he's taking the form of a, a small A young girl. girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shapeshifter. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? Of, yeah. of what, like of old age or... I think I think so. Well, I, I don't know what it was, but he was old enough and he died in, in the bed, I think, upstairs in the room. That seems like a pretty normal death. Like, that's something to be kicking off. But trying to say, like, oh, stick around because they've unfinished business. If you just died of old age in your bed, like, what have you, what, why are you mad, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But the, there has been, to be fair, moments when uh, I've seen orbs in the house. Orbs, go away, mate. Yeah, very much so. Um, but, like, I'm just like, ah, that's just a reflection. But, like, sometimes I'm like... You know, it's like I'd feel yeah. something move past me, but like I'm just, I just turn a blind eye to yeah, it. Yeah, but you kind of would be half into that. Like, you always feel like you would entertain yeah. that a little bit. I would, you know I, mean? I would almost, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah, exactly. Would Cathy entertain that? Like, no, not at all. Really? Um, but, but she works with dead bodies quite a lot. So she's probably fatigued, but for the whole thing, is she. <laughs> that makes it sound a lot more interesting than it is. She helps arrange funerals. <laughs> yeah, still though, just. <laughs> she doesn't really work the. Well. <laughs> yeah, she probably does. Yeah, is that something you do? I feel like if you worked in the realm of death, you'd be quite fatigued by the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? You probably wouldn't give a shy. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You'd be real desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, if I seen an orb, man, I'd be like 100% a ghost. I'm like a freak that would all that shit, you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I was younger, like I was absolutely like... I think in some ways though, you know, you need to be receptive to receive it. Yeah, it's like kids and everything, like kids and dogs not apparently are red hot when it comes to, uh, <laughs> when it comes to like observing paranormal activity do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like you know when when they say like babies are like fascinated by things in the corner of the room there's nothing there and all do you know what i mean i i, I well believe that do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's it's a spirit or something dropping away but um but back to our, our young friends the pritchard family where did we drop off so at this stage the yes he's just come back yeah he's made a return Back with a vengeance. So his first port of call is to is to start absolutely wrecking the kip. So he starts um he starts like ripping the sheets off their bed and all in the middle of the night while they're while they're asleep, like you know what I mean, and then fucking them out into the hallway. Um but this whole thing like we were discussing earlier about where was the ghost for two years, this is what I was talking about. Like there is a few little theories and like should we say like the folklore around like why poltergeist activity tends to spike. And apparently the the sus goes is it's around kids when they're like moving into like puberty age, you know what I mean? Mm. And at the time, young Philly was like prime, like he was like 15, like moving into. And, and that seems to be the thing as well as an poltergeist with adolescents and young kids and yeah, teenagers. 100%. It's mad at this. And um, so then at that stage, Philly was like going through puberty, do you know what I mean? And now Diane Dion is going into it two years later. Good one. And uh, it's, you know, it's all kind of based around like energy changes, do you know what I mean? In in the kids themselves like but anyway um like as well as fucking the bed sheets into the hall again it's up to its old tricks with the plants and kind of moving them around what's that sorry <laughs> i heard a bit of noise there in the office I was like what the fuck 
That's you. Oh, man, don't be shitting me up like that. <laughs> Fucking hell, me. Um, yeah, like moving the uh, moving the plants into the hallway, same crack again. And um, a lot of stuff with the temperature changing radically. Like one minute it's grand, next it's fucking freezing. And now this story cracks me up, yeah? So a week later, LG, a.k.a. the ma, is walking through the gaff mine around beeswax, gatubbing, yeah? Right? <laughs> a paintbrush flies <laughs> off. Take it back to junior suit. Yeah, ooh, flies off the wall and, like, flies up. She thinks she's going to get a smack of this thing, right? But it actually stops right in front of our face and starts waving in our face and starts cornering her, right? So she's basically being <laughs> boxed off. On yeah, here. she's being boxed off by this, uh, by this paintbrush, right? And she's trapped in the corner and she's like, what the fuck's going on here? And then the wallpaper comes off the wall like perfectly right and starts bobbing up and down like a snake mm-hmm. and then she screams like a cobra. yeah exactly she was like it was like a little cobra it was just bobbing up and down and uh so she screams anyway the whole family wakes up and then that's when things start going 90 and another thing with poltergeist apparently the more attention and energy you give them they actually start to become more powerful and ramp up do you know what I mean? mm-hmm. so the fact that they're really bricking it now um, you'll see now as the story progresses, the you know the activity starts increasing like fuck. So when they when they buzz down and they're showing it, shit starts flying everywhere. Like um, and like a board for example that was nailed onto one of the windows comes flying off, um, towards the family and they're like, oh sweet mother of Jesus. They've had like, enough at this stage. Yeah. So what's the fourth part to call? They're gonna ring out Reverend Davy, <laughs> who you'd assume typically in these stories the priest comes to the raid and they're actually, saves them. The, the, yeah, the priest is almost fearless, being like, I have the the wrath of God. Exactly. On my side. The body of Christ compels you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like holding a crucifix up to like the poltergeist. You know what I mean? Going one on one, proper standoff shit. Davy wants nothing to do with this, so they ring him up and they say, "Look, Davy, we have a bit of a situation on our hands here. You know, it's the usual um, entity here and." He's very much like, no. Do you do Nixus? Yeah. <laughs> Cash in hand, Dave. Yeah. Bop over. How much for the cheeky poltergeist, uh, you know, job? I was like, I normally 80, but I'll do it for 50. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, the holy water is in scarce supply at the moment. Um, water charges. <laughs> but anyways, he, you know, he's like, fuck it, I'll, I'll go over because he was really no help. But he, just, as, as he said, like he just comes over and sits in the gaff. And then one of the candlesticks falls over and... Um, but then it didn't really happen but then the china cabinet which is madness completely collapsed and all of the china fell onto the floor all these plates pots and pans um and the cups and they just they were completely intact they all fell on the ground but they were completely uh, intact and even the priest just goes yep there's a there's something evil here if i were you i'd leave or it's gonna absolutely maul you and that's all he said yeah and again going back to what you said earlier about this poltergeist nearly being prompted by things it hears so after like he says look you want to get the fuck out of dodge because this thing is gonna hurt or fucking kill you then it's like the poltergeist takes this like a bit of a cue do you know what i mean and then el diane is just minor on beeswax as per usual and then a fucking bookcase falls on top of her right now which normally because the size i would have absolutely dismantled her like i would have done her in but it's mad it like lands on her and she's trapped under it but she wasn't hurt right like that it was like it was just resting on her yeah oh but like it was like something was holding it down yeah. at the same time because the whole fam came yeah. to try and whip it off and they couldn't and then D- diane commented it was like she said she felt like a complete energy shift and as they were trying to lift it off she was like wait actually try it now and then it came off no bother um so very 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 strange but yes yeah, danny was saying it was like someone was holding it down like yeah 
at, at this stage though they actually were like you know we're well acquainted with with mr man here yeah um the whole, gonna, the whole family call it, yeah the whole family call it mr nobody but gene for some weird reason starts calling him fred or frederick yeah we're gonna start calling him frederick i think freddy oh yeah freddy may freddy krueger shit like yes yeah so so going forward we're going to be calling the poltergeist freddy i was actually really hoping for us to get to that point really quick because uh it was just an I call him the poltergeist. I really like kind of making things personal. So now going forward, Fred slash Freddy slash Frederick is going to be the pseudonym of the poltergeist. Are so, we are we assuming the gender of this thing? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, we kind of see see the gender based on the conclusion. Conclusion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to Kieran. And um, but yeah, so after this point, Fred starts absolutely ramping up the activity. His head his his head is wrecked basically, and he's like, Do you know what? I'm gonna start making their stay here living fucking hell, like. Mm-hmm. And um, would you not like genuinely? Would you not just leave at this stage? Like, surely you can't have such a strong. Like, you have a massive affinity to Rialto, but if this thing start happening, you'd happily go fingless. But you go anywhere, rent. Well, to be honest, I'd probably just do myself in so I could go head to head with the ghost myself in the afterlife, and I go like, do something now, do something now. Yeah, like looking on me like, yeah, you little bottler man, turning on your visibility skills, knocking over plates and all. Let's do it. Do you know what I mean? And holophobic uh, Holo- yeah. he is because yeah. he's in a different dimension to you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, with that, they start word starts spreading around the town at this stage. And now, as we discussed earlier, it it, it isn't like media kind of level. It's just kind of like word of mouth type thing. Do you know what I mean? And um, you know, it starts attracting the attention of kind of the residents of the small town. In fact, even the mayor as well comes to the gap to have a look, mm-hmm. and they're witnessing it as well. Because bear in mind, like. This stuff is all documented now, but many people around the town were like, yeah, no, that gaff was absolutely hopping. Like, it was on Wales most nights. I think to the, this day, it's classified, 30 East Drive in um, Pontefract in, in Yorkshire is classified as the most haunted house in the UK. Yeah, it's, um, they, they do like visits to it all the time. If you go on YouTube, you we can go. see. Yeah, why not, man? Yeah, you can see loads of people on YouTube doing like, uh, like tours and all that shit and like doing the paranormal. I'm looking at it right here on Google Maps and it actually just is put down as the the Pontefract poltergeist. Gway, man, insane. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely nuts. But um, a story we have for you is uh, regarding just one of the the lads in the town, a girl by the name of Renee, popped over to the gaff and she was in the kitchen. And she actually claimed to be a bit psychic herself. And uh, she was in the kitchen with Jean making a few chicken sambos. <laughs> and then the light turned off. And then when they t- when the light turned back on, the sambos were fucked all over the floor. But there was a bite taken out of one of them. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> surely you can't funny. digest this. I know, just mugging them off, like, do you know what I mean? And uh, Renee felt like there was bugs crawling all over. And with her psychic power, she was like, I'm going to have a crack here trying to contact young Freddy and see. Uh, sorry about that. My old email's going off there. Blue tube. <laughs> <laughs> Your subscription has failed. <laughs> um, so Renee. Um, feels like there's bugs crawling all over and she decides with her psychic abilities look I'm going to have a crack at maybe giving uh, young Freddy a bit of a FaceTime here see if I can fucking get through to him and see if he wants to have a good chat and uh, to no avail sadly right but um, another woman who was a family member she'll go by the name of Aunt Maud skeptic yeah major skeptic right she didn't believe anything was happening she actually thought it was the kid she thought Philly and Diane were up to uh, to no good wrecking the, the heads of the demand asked so she calls over to the gaff to try to sort this once and for all do you know what I mean she's like I'm gonna buzz this down there this is like there. a Bernie you have in your family oh great fat fucking shout this mm. is a Bernie like everyone has that wrecked head auntie called Bernie who just thinks they know it all but they're actually just such a weasel like do you know what I mean and um, 
So anyway, she comes down to the gaff and she's like, I'm going to try to sort this once and for all. And this is such a hilarious, and all I can say is fair play to you, Freddie, man. Freddie won at mod zero. She goes over to the gaff and she's in the kitchen and the lights turn off. And when they turn back on, she gets a pint of milk fucked all over her. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck's going on here? And Freddie's breaking a shite laughing at this stage. She's just like, you got done, mod. And uh, she still thinks it's the kids, though. Now, I don't know how, I don't, unless the kids are fucking Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails, I don't know how anyone unless would be able to get Harry in. Potter's Invisibility Cloak. Yeah, I'd fucking love one of them, man. Be savage, wouldn't it? So she still thinks it's the kids, and she's actually gone mad at this stage. She's like saying to the man that she's like, they're little cons, like, you know what I mean? That's them. And um, but she's but the kids are big at this this time, aren't they? Like, yeah, they're like exactly. 14, like, 15, Philly 16. at this stage would have to be 17 because he yeah. was 15 at the start of the story, so like he'd have no interest in that. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just weird, but um, anyway, things on the Aunt Mod side of thing side of things start to go a bit wayward. She starts kicking off on one of our expensive, well, sorry, both of our expensive gloves go missing. And uh, she's not a happy camper at all. She's like, these these gloves, you know, cost me a fortune. Mm-hmm. And she's like, look, hopefully they turn up, but I'm not leaving until I get the gloves back. And uh, that night she's uh, she's talking into bed and she stays in a room with Jane and Diane. And there's like a light on the table, like a little lamp. Mm-hmm. And then they witness the lamp this levitate. This actually gas. Yeah, it's gas. They witness the lamp levitate and flow out into the doorway. Um, and at the same time, young Philly is downstairs um, and he witnesses bulbs detach from four the electric. Four little bulbs. Yeah, four bulbs from like an electric fireplace detach. And they like float, the bulbs float upstairs to like rendezvous with this lamp. <laughs> and then the lamp and the bulbs start like circling each other, like they doing some odd dance or something. And then, good tubbing, the gloves appear. <laughs> the gloves appear to join the bulbs and the, the lamp and starts floating around and then join in this kind of little fucking thing that's going on but then the gloves end up like levitating and floating towards your one aunt mob and start trying to grab her <laughs> and she's like what the fuck's going on and she's like right this that's gaff is possessed like mm-hmm. uh, by the devil to quote herself and she just said look right I was wrong it's not the kid this gaff is like fucking red hot I'm out and she legs it and, um, and going back to what we said about giving the poltergeist attention and energy so Fred's power he's getting paramount at this stage he's going nuts with the power man and he's really like genuinely becoming a force and nature at this stage mm-hmm. and like other funny stories is like at one stage Jane is in the sitting around minor on beeswax once again and uh, a lot of eggs flow in around the corner so like egg like one one by it, one one egg at a time float around the corner and then just kind of like levitate in front of her and then smash off the deck so Jane is like for fuck's sake so she runs and gets the box of eggs and then puts it under her she like kind of sits on the box and goes right let's see if you can break any more yeah and then another egg <laughs> floats yeah. around the corner and just but the weirdest thing and smashes all over the ground but the weirdest thing about this is like every time one of the eggs cracked mm. there was a strong smell of fresh flowers in yeah the room. what the fuck man weird isn't it very weird so yeah. every time this like an egg dropped and smash it on the ground. They could just smell fresh flowers for some weird reason. Nuts, man. And then, like, so when she's sitting on this box, like, beckoning young Freddie on, going, right, let's see you break more eggs, you little cunt. Um, more eggs start floating on the corner. Verbatim and again. he's like, what is going on? Like, And she looks in the box, and the box is actually empty. And so the eggs are teleporting from the box around the corner and then smashing. Like, now, this is, obviously, it sounds fucking mad surreal. Like, this is the story. And uh, and then they start smash, smashing off the deck. She's like, oh, sweet mother of Jesus. So they get onto your pal again, Danny, old uh, Reverend Davy. Yeah, and look, this time he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, like I went around. He's like, look, what's what's one step up instead of just, you know, giving them some advice? I'll give them some of this in short supply holy water. Premium grade, absent, <laughs> 100 proof, holy water. Um, and he, <laughs> yeah, 
then then young Vic just starts lashing around the gaff with the water and just you know throwing it everywhere and and Jean's very much like oh how long will it take for this to to take effect you know um and you know the priest like anywhere from days weeks to months and then almost as like a, a fuck you to to young Davy. to be fair like you know i'm actually on fred's side in Same. this regard like, yeah pro fred man they <laughs> <laughs> Davy's very much anti-Davy anyways yeah yeah 100% um, and then in retaliation you know Fred just starts making water drip from the walls so someone's just like fuck you and then he goes mental he's banging on the walls till 5am um, that night and this is crazy he pulls Diana out of bed a number of times by the neck yeah and he sma- is- he knocks seven shades of shit over in this <laughs> honestly gives us a, a bad old hiding one yeah, and then she was doing this disgust. The next day, she was getting that little messy bun together, um, getting ready to make one of her TikTok dances. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, going famous enough to start up an OnlyFans account. And then uh, a crucifix flew off the wall and absolutely got glued to her mala PV, PVC style. <laughs> and uh, she couldn't get it off. She couldn't get the crucifix off her head. Um, we don't know if it was upside down or not, but the crucifix was actually <laughs> almost pressed into her skull so much that when it actually came off, it left a mark for days mm-hmm. of just a crucifix. She was on riddled, her. couldn't go to her depths. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so crazy stuff. Like so, um, like that's when that, I think that's the first time Fred has really like like engaged in really aggressive physical activity with them because even before that with the paintbrush and all and and the big wood thing flying off the window and flying at them it would like stop before it hit them but this is the first time Fred is like look I'm fucking sick of you Diane. I'm going to rip you out of your bed in the dead night and knock the shit out of you do you know what I mean and even like um, when you were talking about that there there's a there's, when he rips her out of bed there's like pink like finger marks around her throat and all mm-hmm. um, the next day so it's absolutely insane which is mad but now we get on to Fred, we'll give him his real name now in a second. Yeah, absolutely. Fred actually reaches peak Fred. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what happens then, guys? Yeah, so between April and May of 1969, this is arguably when, when Freddy is just at his best. Like, he's just at peak fucking activity. He's like, nearly, you could nearly say the chap has, nearly has a corporeal form at this stage, do you know what I mean? Because is that now that... End, is that like, is that end goal? Yeah. yeah, probably, mate. Who knows? Maybe that's it. They need like fear and activity. Like, do you know what I mean? Like Crazy energy, energy. And they feed off. They it. come back to life. Like, do you know what I mean? But now at this stage, it's not just invisible things moving around. When they're seeing young Fred, they're, they're witnessing him in his human form, I guess. Yeah. And it's in the form of a black monk wearing like, you know, the typical hooded monk outfit. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, they're waking up in the dead of night and they're seeing El Freddy boy at the end of their at the end of their bed like as a monk and they're like oh this is getting bad now at this stage like do you know what I mean this is scaring the fucking marbles out of us and even like with the neighbours we spoke of earlier that they shared the kind of wall or the, the gaff with they're even seeing so Fred is actually trans gaff now at this stage he's moving <laughs> now making his way through the fucking neighbourhood he's flowing about yeah like with the neighbours like doing her dishes one day and she fe- she sounds she hears like something behind her and she turns around and it's El Freddy boy in the kitchen. But like it was crazy. Like they'd be waking up in the middle of the night and hearing like loud breathing and really like insane auditory auditory stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, it's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And yeah, they're hearing like the fucking the bangs like we discussed are getting loud to the point where the walls are cracking and breaking. He's starting to become physical now as well. Yeah. It yeah. gets to the stage where he starts knocking them about the gaff, throwing oh, left hooks. Yeah. And also just yeah. holding their head in place. Oh, for a second, so they can't move. So imagine yeah. just that feeling of yeah, like your, your head's head. gridlocked or something. Yeah. yeah, 
like they're getting the living shite knocked out of them like you know what I mean the living daylights hammered out of them because like as Danny said like they're walking down their, their fucking hallway and they're getting smacked around like you know what I mean they're like what the fuck's going on but like surely they'd leave the gaff at this stage yeah because it's like it's actual like <laughs> physical bullying at this stage and now like you know Fred or the black monk has, is, is appearing for seconds at a time mm-hmm. like a residual effect it seems like it's getting almost every time it's getting longer and more powerful yeah 100% and then just fucking back off to the seventh dimension or wherever he is yeah exactly like i'd love to know where he was vacationing like for for the times he's not around like where was he does he not have anything better to be doing <laughs> yeah maybe if he was he can go to other guests or something like maybe he was just buzzing around the globe do you know what i mean yeah like i'll leave pontefract for two years i'll fuck over to egypt or something and just do the same thing to load lads over <laughs> in there Cairo. yeah in Cairo <laughs> in a fucking pyramid and then like Oh, it's about that time. I might as well buzz back to Pontefract. I won't die on. She'd be of age now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Who knows? And um, but everything comes to um, a head one night. Like the 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 lights of the whole house go out, and they're, when they're looking for a flashlight, um, Diana gets dragged upstairs. And you know, as I said before, I get seven shades of shine knocked over. And um, yeah, and there was actually another another um, thing I heard with the da because Joe this whole time has actually been kind of. Not a non-believer, but definitely probably the most resistant to it, yeah. But apparently um, he went down to, the gaff had like a coal cellar, yeah. Mm. And he went down to the coal cellar and while he was down there, the door shut and locked itself. And he was like, oh no, like this is Freddy, obviously, like, you know what I mean? And he turned around and again, seeing Freddy in his monk form, like walking towards him, like getting ready to fuck him up. And then when it, when it got up to his face, it just disappeared. And apparently he's never been the same since. He's like, that was the maddest thing that's ever happened to me. And I probably will never recover. He's still that. alive. No, they're all dead now. Uh, well, I think the the mother and father will be at this stage. Oh, could um, we potentially reach out? Yeah, maybe get a fucking interview with them. What do you think? Diane and... Um, Philly. Philly. Yeah, we get them on. They're, st- they're probably still black and blue after the hiding. <laughs> Freddie get them, do you know what I mean? That could be something to talk about. Yeah, so at this stage, Joe was like, he puts the feelers out and, and chats to everyone like, he knows. Here, who can help me out here? Does anyone know a fucking thing about ghosts? And uh, he gets onto a mate of his who lives in Scotland. And apparently, like in Scotland, they seem to well up on their ghost fucking protocols. His mate is like, look, we have a thing where like if there's um if there's a ghost in the gaff, we just put garlic up everywhere, like the vampire stuff. And we've funny enough, we only had a bit of a vampire week last week with our Richie Dick Chase. If you haven't listened to it, we suggest go back mm-hmm. and have a listen to that. It was a fun one. And um so they put a load of garlic up and you know, I'm sorry there's not more of a, an action packed end to this, but they put the garlic up and that's it. He's he, he's gone. Yeah. Like he's, like vampire style a little bit of garlic yeah. upstairs and he's gone um which is which is absolute madness and did, did they give any reason as to why it was the garlic like why that worked um they didn't know but it just seems to be kind of like fucking prevalent and very well like, it? it has me thinking is he really gone maybe not yeah like uh, the gaff is still there to this day and apparently like when paranormal investigators go back and do bits in the gaff like they say the experience of this that and the other so maybe maybe freddie isn't gone gone but like it could just go back to what we discussed about you know he kind of just is more alive when there's like a fucking kid in the gaff do you know what i mean a bit like yeah. himself <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah but this is uh i suppose we'll 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 tail it off here we're talking about the what the discoveries years later they they, they found out about the monk so they were like, why the fuck were we seeing a monk? And again, it was the neighbour as well. And they, they looked into it and it turns out where the gaffs were built, it was built on the site where there was actually like, there used to be a lot of battles there yeah. and there was executions and that took place. gallows where there was public executions, yeah. Yeah, gallows. And so one of the people who was executed was a monk. 
um, and he was executed for raping a girl that was like roughly around Diane's age. But then they, uh, there was also evidence suggest that it was actually his brother who did the raping and he just jumped on the hand grenade for him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, the monk thing checks out, but very, very, very interesting, isn't it? I kind of want to, I kind of do want to reach out and try and get young Philly and uh, Diane. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be great crack, wouldn't it? But like, do you know, there's so many of these, like, this is like a very, like, although it is a famous enough poltergeist story, it's definitely not the most famous, like the Enfield haunting, which we'll definitely do an episode on. Mm-hmm. There's other big ones, but like, that's kind of why I wanted to pick this one as well, because it's it's not, it's one of those things that not that many people know about, do you know what I mean? And it's close to home as well, to be fair. Yeah, it's only a fucking fairly away, if you want to pop over, what do mm-hmm. you think? Man, 100%. We'll do an Ivy optimistic night over around the gaff. <laughs> That'd be mad, wouldn't it? That would be fucking crazy. Yeah. I reckon, I, I reckon, who lives there? I don't think Diana and... and no, it's yeah. actually owned by, um, like, they do tours out of it. It's, like, commercially owned now. If you get yeah. They actually do, like, fucking paranormal things there for the public. Do you know what I mean? So I'd say just, like, some fucking paranormal company or something bought it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but, like, going back to our episode of Ray... Um, Obviously, Corona has fucked us up a bit. We definitely would have gotten around to this at this stage, but we definitely want to do something with Ray where we go to like a location in Ireland that apparently is red hot activity wise, and we'll bring the cameras in Ireland. The lads will will go toe to toe with with some of these uh, paranormal entities and see mm-hmm. what what dark some of these interdimensional entities. Yeah, it'd be gas, man. Imagine one of us got possessed, man. Be gas, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm looking at you, man. You're hoping for a flute possession, mate. mate. Bring some life to that. You'd thing. actually have to own a flute, mate, for it to be possessed. So I'm in the clear, obviously. Um, um. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm dead set. We're mate. We're going to try and make that happen, and um, that'll be a Patreon exclusive. Exclusive. Yes, one hundred percent. Diane and 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 Philly to yeah. go through their tales, or even we might just try and try and um, interview some people who have who have actually claimed to have been possessed as well yeah that'd be savage like wouldn't it um there's so many fucking daily possession stories actually like whether you believe them or not like um there's you they're usually like just spooky like you know what i mean mm-hmm. but um speaking of the patreon look on already mentioned for the lads a huge huge thank you to our patrons that keep us going week in week out that continue to support the show we the mugs have you. been delivered oh the mugs have been delivered we whipped around and gave a couple of mugs out to the patrons if we missed you don't worry we'll be in contact to figure out how we're going to get a mug to you but thankfully tina she has come through after the manhunt for her the last mm-hmm. few weeks i honestly thought that this was this was the biggest stitch up of the century and the mugs would never arrive but thankfully they did in the end and delighted to say they are ready to rock we actually have some some spare mugs and we we're thinking of doing maybe a little bit of a giveaway for a mug yeah um, absolutely so i mean if you do want a mug you've seen them they are beautiful and um it doesn't matter really waking up to a cup of chassis in our faces every morning as well as listening to us our mugs on the yes. mugs but I mean, again, like what what we say for this giveaway? We have mugs to give away, um, and cheeky share, cheeky yes, review. Sorry. Man, we'll, we'll list out we'll list out some things. If you do that, you'll be in a chance, win a chance, win these mugs. And if you're in the the GDA, the Great Dublin area, or the Pale, we will personally zoom around and deliver it yes so look at the double whammy you're gonna get a mug and meet the lads Go on. do you know what i mean like that's a fair shake but um there'll be more going on our social media regarding the mugs um soon but yeah definitely um non-patrons you're in for a bit of a treat because i'd say we'll probably have between probably two and five mugs um to give away so and we're ordering another batch now as well yeah actually. tina she has been fingered and i told her 20 <laughs> more there mrs uh, or Mr. I'm 99.9% sure I'm talking to a Tina He as we call her <laughs> um, just based on some of the 
the fucking chats, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Our picture is the most stock picture I've ever seen in my life as well, do you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't look like it was a real person, like, do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, Tina She has been contacted and there is another 20 mugs coming our way. Um, so, yeah, glorious news. And, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Like, let us know if you like those kind of episodes, of course. Feedback's always important to the lads um, in terms of shaping our upcoming content and episodes. So if you like that one, let us know. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll throw a question box up, up on Instagram during the week with content for for ep- episodes. So if you want anything you want, want us to cover, um, just throw us some resources because we'll cover everything. Um, mm-hmm. And we're thinking maybe we might have a Q&A coming up soon. It's been a while since we've done a yes, Q&A. Yes, I know. It's been a while as well. And don't forget as well, we're actually doing uh, some shout-outs as well if you give us a story shout-out. Yes. So going forward, if you give us a story shout-out on Instagram, we're going to give you a cheeky mention. But yeah, hope you lads enjoyed that one and we will see you on the next one. Daniele, a pleasure as always to Man, share the mic with you. it's been my pleasure, you absolute prince. You are the king, mate. Kisses, one love, Junior. Yes. Yes.